This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 149 of Horsemanship Radio brought to you by Omega Fields, the world's best omega-3 supplements for horses. Horsemanship Radio is a part of the family of the Horse Radio Network. And today we have some exciting horseback archery for you. I think you'll enjoy this story with Judy Osborne. And then we have Dr. Getty back on pain management. Good one. This is Debbie Lauks, and you're listening to the Horsemanship Radio. Thanks for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the 1st and the 15th of the month, and I have my producer, Jen, with me today. Hi, Jen. Greetings. Welcome to December. Yeah, it is, and it's all, we're halfway there, but we're only days from Christmas. Isn't that scary? It is, but it's fun. It gives you an excuse. See, all year long, I want to play Christmas music, but I don't (laughs) because people laugh at you if you play Christmas music and, you know. September. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of silly. Yeah. So now I can play it. Nobody can give me the eye. At the top of your lungs. Do you sing along with it too? You know, I used to, but Glenn has finally gotten me sufficiently trained. (laughs) (laughs) What does he howl at you or anything? (laughs) It's it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad indeed. So I kind of hummed myself. I I kept it to myself. All right. You whistle sometimes. I'll tell people that, you know, when uh, people might not know that about you, but when we're in between doing things and recording things and you whistle, it's so cute. I feel like I'm like on a Disneyland set or something. It's really cute. (laughs) A bunch of elves around me or what's going on here? (laughs) And I can't even keep a tune when I whistle. I'm a bad whistler. I'm a bad singer, but it's all mine and I'm owning it, right? You're not. Yeah, you can own it. You're good. So. We've got a great show. We've got a great show. I love when we have Dr. Getty back. We have her about quarterly now, and she always hits something straight between the eyes, and she's going to do that again today. Oh, yes. Pain management's a great topic because it's going to be, there's either something acute going on, and you need to to manage the pain so it doesn't continue to spiral out of control, or there's something chronic going on, and you need to be smart about how you manage it so your horse can can be as comfortable as possible through that chronic problem. So it's great stuff. And then there's archery. And when Which I is no of, relation. yeah, No relation at all. But not. when I think of archery, I think of pain because the last time exactly. I tried to shoot an arrow with something, all I did was twang myself in the forearm a lot. Oh, did you? <laughs> well, I was worried you were going to shoot somebody, so that's okay. That's right. The arrow forearm. went two feet straight down. It was, oh, yeah. it was bad. Yes. Well, I just, you know, we got on that archery ride when Jamie Jennings was in the OTTB, the Thoroughbred Makeover, and I thought, okay, we got to find a Katniss out there who's just starting this whole curve, and and we found one, Judy Osborne. It's really fun. I can't wait to hear it. So we're going to do that right after we hear from Omega Fields. At Flag is Up Farms, we've used Omega Fields Horseshine for years, and we love the results. And we're not the only ones. Rita Vaughn has this to say about her experience with Omega Horseshine. I have a five-year-old colt that I raised. For the past two years, he's been struggling with an extreme allergy to flybites. So bad, he has chewed places on his body raw. I had tried everything to relieve this colt of this extreme allergy. My vet this spring recommended Horseshine. I began using your Omega Horseshine product about six weeks ago. Total change in this colt. 80% of the itching has stopped. I'm figuring with continued use, it'll be 100%. 
He's a Palomino. His color has become beautiful golden. I can't believe the change. I'm truly thankful for this product. A year ago, Judy Osborne had already been working on a relationship with her horse, Gracie, by riding bridalists. So she was somewhat prepared to begin shooting arrows off of her when she heard about a horseback archery clinic. The first step was getting her horse acclimated to hearing the bow and arrow zinging beside her, and then from the saddle. Gracie already enjoyed obstacle courses, so the 11-year-old Tennessee walking horse made a great partner. Judy trained Gracie to canter at a slow pace, so it was possible to get three shots off before the end of the track. Judy loves this sport and wants to inspire others to get into the fun of it as well. Well, welcome, Judy Osborne. I'm so excited to have you on. I want to talk to you about your horses and where you live and all kinds of things. How are you? I'm excited about talk to, talking about horses and bows and arrows. Oh, good. Yeah. Judy is an Indian. No, she's not. She's not an Indian, but she does <laughs> shoot bows and arrows. It's a true story. But before you did that, I wanted to get a little bit into your history so people kind of know, ah, she's been riding horses her whole life, or, you know, is this something that she uh, has done, you know, on a world champion level or all those things. So first question is, it's really about how did you get turned on to horseback archery? And then we can go back to how did you learn to ride a horse. So horseback archery, though, is really up and coming, isn't it? It's really fun. I just discovered it last January uh, or a couple months before that when I saw an advertisement for a clinic uh, uh, and signed up for it and went and became totally hooked because it is so much fun. It is. The word you used when we first talked was obsessed, I think. (laughs) It was great. Because I... Yes. Are you? Are you obsessed? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So tell us a little bit about um, Gracie, because you already had Gracie, correct, your horse? And she's a Tennessee walking horse. And so what made you think that you and Gracie were going to, you know, be great at horse archery? I I didn't know how great I would be at uh, shooting bows and arrows. I had no, no experience with that. However, my horse Gracie and I had done some bridalist riding in the arena, and even with my daughter, who is a horse trainer, uh, so, uh, some uh, routine bridalist routines with a progress string in the arena. And so I was confident that I could use both hands to shoot the bow and arrow. Right. And also, uh, she loves obstacles and she thinks that the scariest horse obstacle is really just a toy so I was confident that the the new things and the sounds and the flying arrows uh, would not bother her that's a good tip right there yeah (laughs) I agree that's a nice indicator so and and you know at Tennessee walking horses you can tell me about Gracie but I tend to find them to be very low-key they're pretty compliant nice nice that way good for kids good for us and older new riders or whatever do you find Gracie is that way? Or is that how you found her? Oh, yes. And and even among Tennessee walking horses, uh, her, her mom was a little bit on the hot side, but still just extremely trainable, even by a rank amateur such as myself. And and Gracie especially, I would put uh, the, the shaving ba- uh, bag on her back so she could go scare her mommy. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, so it's only a year ago that you started this, not even a year ago that you started down this 
journey with Gracie and and horseback archery. Now let's let's put people where you are. You're in Central California, so you live uh, in the. Tell us a little bit about what surrounds you. It's a beautiful area. We live uh, north of Ojai and east of Santa Maria uh, in the upper Cuyama Valley. So we're between a couple of 8,000-foot mountains and a 4,000-foot valley uh, with no neighbors, very few neighbors uh, who don't have either four legs or feathers. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. But you picked up and you found out about a horse archery clinic in Barstow, and that was your first clinic. How far is Barstow from you on this whim? About a five-hour drive, but it was yeah. a, a two-day clinic followed by a uh, a, a, a a low-key competition the next day of walk trot. Well, I got to win a couple of ribbons because really anybody who starts, you can get into the the walking uh, competitions too. Wow, wow, that's cool too. I didn't even know about the competition that you were in too. So you, you're, you know what, you're ahead. It was tail. very informal. Oh, very informal. Okay, but you're 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 still ahead of a lot of us too. That you're willing to go out there for the ribbons too. But I'm looking at some gorgeous photos. You sent me, or and I've got this article that Sharon Jansen did for the Slow Horse News, that's San Luis Obispo News, on the Central Valley, and you're at a full gallop, and you're hitting the targets, and your horse is happy. So tell me a little bit about tell me a little bit about how do you get from slow or whoa to all, all out go here. First, starting uh, lots of just walking the course, which very, and we start each practice just uh, walking the course and shooting the arrows until we're both kind of centered. And then how I started her in the in the arena, but I didn't have an arena where I could set up regular targets. I could set up a, only a target on the ground, but there I could uh, get her into a nice slow slow lope and and get used to me loading the arrow at at a canter. And then when I took her out in the field, I would just, uh, after doing, after walking the course, I would just ask her to lope just past one target and stop. And, and then we got it, got so she would maintain that speed past two targets so, or even the whole course, but I might only, I would preload my bow and arrow and take my one shot. And then when, if she started uh, speeding up, I would either take her in hand and, and uh, pick up the reins and, and get her to slow down a little bit and finish it. Or if she had really, if she really accelerated at a, at a, at a, at a would be bolt type thing, then I would stop and back up to the place of the infraction and start again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I like what you said about when she had, when you and her both started getting it right, that you rewarded her by what, what did you do? Let's let you tell it. I, I I like to uh, take her, take her into a circle. And when she's finally, uh, when she's finally soft and listening to me, I kind of whisper, good girl, Gracie. And she knows that the next time we're coming around to the track entrance, we're going to take it. And, and I, good girl, Gracie, good girl, Gracie. And I got my first shot and I missed up and fumbled my next shot, but she was just so slow and so nice. And at the end of the track, I just got, I hugged her and got off and put the rain, took her bridle off, put the reins around her neck and just let her graze. And I promised her that I would uh, practice more so that I could be a better partner for her. Oh, <laughs> hold, hold up your end of the bargain. 
<laughs> right, which I did not do. But the next time I took her out, about the second run, she did the same thing. So I did the same thing. And for the next two weeks, and I work, so it's not every day, maybe three, maybe four times a week. That was the extent of our practice. One run, I'd get off, hug her, and then she'd graze. And then after a while, I, I asked her to do some more. Okay, we've got this. You know what I want now. It's time to go on to the next phase. And let me have some practice at the run. Yeah, exactly. I love that one of the things that you were telling me about that, that one of the things is that's useful to get your head into it is to name your bow. And I, I'd never thought about that too. So tell us about how you came to that. So some horse archers get into it from the costuming angle. And, and so I was thinking about costuming and thinking about uh, things that I might name my bow, such as Galadriel, who gave, uh, who gave the, the hobbits the, their bow and arrows. And, but then I thought about, well, it's rhythm. And I won't take a shot until I feel the rhythm of my horse at a steady canter in this case. Mm-hmm. And the bow, the bow itself has its own rhythm. And the arrow and everything has a rhythm. And so I named my, my bow Rhythm. And we, we never take a shot unless we are in a very good rhythm of our canter and we feel that we're, all, that we're in sync. So you're, yeah, so the hoof beats, the whole thing fits together. And it, it probably feels really good when you've got it all together. Do you know that moment? Oh, that wonderful moment. And always those very, very rare moments that often come after Gracie and I have, or other horses and I in the past, a a couple, very, very few, have mastered something and we've got it down right. And it's that magical, timeless moment when you're at one with the horse and the horse and the whole universe. And with great, and this has happened once or twice on my archery course where Gracie and I both feel our arrow hitting our target. And it's just, ah, <sighs> oh, yeah, I bet. I mean, I've never done horse archery, so I don't know that thrill, but it makes sense to me. And, and do you feel like Gracie knows that you're hitting a target? Do you feel like she follows that arrow or anything like that? And in fact, I didn't know that she did until I sent a slow motion video of one of my target, one of my archery shots to a friend. And she commented, look, Gracie's following that arrow with her eyes. And sure enough, I looked at it and yes, she is. Now she's better at keeping an eye on uh, her other eye on the track while we're both watching the arrow. (laughs) (laughs) She has the advantage of having one eye on each side of her head. That's funny. Yeah. So see, we've we've found a new reason for horses and and women to be together. I just I love this, Judy. I think this is so great. Do you have to? Did you have the tack? Did you have to change your saddle at all? Is this something like if you're talking to a person I, who's thinking this sounds fun, what do I have to do? I've seen every kind of saddle used in pictures and stuff. And and at the clinic I was at, I started out in my crates reining saddle, which I had for a long time. And I thought I would never want any other saddle ever. Uh, However, as I got better and and was more into a two point stance, which is a a steadier stance, like a jumping stance that you can have a steadier aim. As I started doing that, on one particular day, my belt buckle did start to hang up on my on the saddle mm-hmm. horn, and Gracie uh, kind of goes, "Whoa, what's this?" <laughs> and I go, "What?" As I yelled, "No!" <laughs> and and so at that time, the the Australian saddle that I had seen used on eBay, but I was afraid to buy uh, without trying it on my horse. I figured it was time to do that, and fortunately, it fit. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, good. 
Okay, so Australian. <laughs> that makes sense, right? Yeah, low profile so that you're not getting hum- hungry. I, on it. And, and another one, uh, jumping saddles are, are recommended with a big roll so, you know, because for the two-point stance. However, I chose the Australian because... I was a little, I've never ridden English, and so the Australian gave me the, it still has the pommel, you know, in its own way that you, yeah, you can grab for whatever if you need to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and is, and Gracie, when you were riding her just on the trail and everything, just snaffle, what do you do, a light bit, a little correction, or what do you use on her head? I, I, I used only a snaffle bit on her head until I was, uh, until, until we were so, uh, accomplished at a progress thing that I participated in a couple of informal obstacle courses in public, uh, uh, without any bridle at all. And then after that, she graduated to a big girl bit of a broken bit, but with a slight shank, <laughs> which helped, yeah. helped with it in her collection. And I worked for, on collection with her for, for a while. And got her better with that, and then uh, at the, at the uh, switch, and so I just used that out of habit at the clinic, and that was when my instructor told me, "You have gentle hands, you're fine with this uh, on correcting her with the shanks, but if you were ever in a competition, use the snaffle bit because then everybody can see that you're not that mm-hmm. when you do need to correct your horse, you're not yanking her around." And I thought, well, yeah, I should have thought of that in the first place. It's like uh, if I take my horse's uh, equine body surfing, I use a snaffle bit because yeah. I'm liable to trick a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And you go off to Montana de Oro too. One of my favorite spots on earth right there too. And you, you oh, guys yes. go out on Tennessee walking horses together or can you mix up the gated horses and the, and the not gated? Oh yeah. Uh, my horse, ha- my, our horses have all the gears. They can walk as slow as quad- a quarter horse or as fast a- <laughs> or, or any other gait. And so, yes, yeah, so we'll mix it up. Fun, fun. Well, this has been really fun to learn of that. Our first venture here with a brand new horseback archer, bow and arrow girl, whatever, whatever the names are, I'm still learning all this stuff, but I'd love to hear more about some of the competitions that you get into down the road. And I hope people will Take a try at this. If you're a trail rider or a giddy up and go gal, or you're looking for something to do, this sounds really fun. What do you think? What would you say to them? Oh, yes. And I don't know for sure whether I'll ever get into a competition. I've never been one to go to shows and things. However, I do love the spirit of the accomplishment when you're getting ready for an event. And I've gotten ready for, ready for a demonstration event with my daughter. And I love that sense of accomplishment. And the horse archery gives you that sense of, of working towards a goal. And I'm going to get out there today because I can get a little better at this. And, mm-hmm. and that thrill, even if I never go to a competition, which I'm not sure whether I will or not, but it's just so much fun. It's the goal. It's a goal out there. Well, we have one of our, on the Horse Radio Network, we have one of our hosts of the biggest show. Her name is Jamie Jennings, and she's co-host on the Horses in the Morning show. It's the live, it's one of the few live podcast shows, but it's the horse, you know, it's the Horse Radio Network. It's the biggest horse talk out there. And she just showed in the, competed in the off the track thoroughbred thoroughbred makeover have you heard of the thoroughbred makeover oh yeah yeah and her freestyle was guess what horseback archery and she um she you know did kind of like channeled her inner katniss you know the <laughs> hunger games that was moment. another thing for my bow air Yes, yes. That Katniss was another name I was considering for my bow. <laughs> oh, see, and it would make sense. Yeah, and she did so great. But imagine that she took this off-the-track thoroughbred, and, you know, they're 
they're a little sensitive wow. and and was yeah in the front of all these people and live streaming uh you know did horseback archery so it was really cool so i feel like it's a theme going on right now and i hope people will go out and try it i hope so too because it's i can't i, I can't describe how much fun it is even with my enthusiasm <laughs> That's great. Yes, Judy, you're very enthusiastic. I'm so happy to have you on Horsemanship Radio. Thanks for joining us. You'll join us again? My pleasure. Cavallo hoof boots are easy to get on and stay on in all types of terrain and activities. Unique drainage slots allows water to drain out quickly, and they are super easy to take off, too. With Cavallos, you spend your time on the trail with your best friend, not wasting time putting on complicated hoof boots. Cavallo hoof boots come in three durable upper options and two sole widths. You get confidence and security with their best boot ironclad warranty. Cavallo hoof boots take you where you want to go. Juliet Getty, Ph.D., is an independent equine nutritionist with a wide U.S. and international following. Her research-based approach optimizes equine health by aligning physiology and instincts with correct feeding and nutrition practices, too. Dr. Getty's goal is to empower the horse person with the knowledge to provide the best nutrition for his or her horse's needs. Dr. Getty is the author of the comprehensive resource, Feed Your Horse Like a Horse, as well as seven topic-centered spotlight on equine nutrition series of booklets. She also offers an informative newsletter called Forage for Thought. Her website GettyEquineNutrition.com provides a world of useful information for the horse person. Well, welcome, Dr. Juliet Getty. I'm glad to have you back. Well, it's wonderful to be back. I enjoy visiting with you as always. Well, we always get to learn something, but it's always it's always pleasant to learn things from you too, even when they're scary. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope I don't scare you too much. You don't. You <laughs> That's don't. not the goal anyway. Sure. You no, know, it's our horses that are always scaring us, isn't it? I mean, there's so many, <laughs> so many little Achilles heels things, you know, they could go here. But. Well, yeah, for all their size, they are really quite fragile. I mean, whoever made up the statement, you know, healthy as a horse, I did not <laughs> own a horse. That's so. true. That's true. But it's good for job security. But anyway, but what I love about what I love about you, Juliet, is that you you tackle these problems for us and you get the word out there. And we were just talking about that. That um, you know, more vets um, probably have their nose down and they're too busy and sleeves rolled up and everything to sometimes not look up and just you know, share all the good stuff that you learn, but you are almost on like, I know you practice constantly, you're very busy, but you're almost on the research side of it too, how you look into and delve into some of these issues with our horses. But um, there was one that you suggested recently, and I'm, I'm interested in it, and it is pain management or, you know, treating pain. And then you said the, the ulcer word, the U word that scared me enough. And then, you know, that leads to the C word, which is the, you know, Oh, I don't even want to say colic word, you know, yes, <laughs> sure. there are Absolutely. so many things, but we want to know, you know, as horse owners, we want to know from a nutritional approach, which is you, mm-hmm. what, what can we do about pain management? Well, you know, the the typical approach for pain management is to provide a painkiller. You know, I mean, if you have a headache, you take an aspirin or, you know, ibuprofen. And so the the drug of choice um, for horses is typically butte. And the reason it's used is because it works and it works quickly. But the problem with butte is that it can cause ulcers. 
I have an article um, in my library and on my homepage on using butte and some other ways to 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 treat pain other than butte to prevent okay. ulcers. And uh, so I'll, I will refer people to that. But basically, butte is blocks two of the cyclooxygenase enzymes, or sometimes called COX enzymes. There's two, COX-1 and COX-2. And COX-1 is the good guy. COX-1 is the enzyme that actually protects the stomach's, stomach's lining. Um, COX-2 is the one you don't want because COX-2 is the one that promotes the formation of inflammatory molecules called prostaglandins. And so we want to get rid of the COX-2, but on pro- the problem with butte is that it gets rid of both. So um, by getting rid of the COX-1 enzyme, the stomach gets significantly damaged. And um, <clears throat> what vets will oftentimes do to... Um, "Quote unquote," protect the horse against an ulcer is provide uh, a meprazole, and you know, or ulcer guard, or uh, or um, and so a meprazole. All it does is it prevents the formation of acid. So you have a damaged stomach from mm-hmm. the butte, and it's very vulnerable to acid because it's already damaged. Right. And so you remove the acid and you think that that's a great formula, but it's not because it doesn't cure anything. Omeprazole does not cure the ulcer. Um, so, and it also has its own problems, which is another right. topic for another day about ulcers. So the, the idea then is what can we do instead of butte or and this is in my article, if you are going to use butte, then you need to protect the horse's stomach, not with a meprazole, but with something called lecithin, L-A-C-T-H, excuse me, L-A-C-I-T-H-I-N, lecithin, which is a substance that actually heals the gastrointestinal lining. Really? In any case... Is lecithin... Yes, there's like, a lot of research on this. Mm-hmm. It, that's is it like lecithin that we take too as humans? We have lecithin in yeah. our supplements too. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Sure. Great. Well, lecithin in your supplements are it's used a lot as an emulsifier. Lecithin is put in mm-hmm. in foods that have fatty and watery substances to kind of hold them together, since fat and water don't mix. Um, but lecithin can be taken as a supplement, and it does protect the mucus layer of the stomach. So that would be the way to prevent an ulcer from uh, from forming when a horse is given butte and rather than omeprazole. Now, what can we do, however, instead of butte? Because even then, there's no guarantee that the ulcers won't form. And the longer that the horse is on butte or the higher the dosage, the higher the risk. And so you have a horse that has, um, let's say you have a horse that has laminitis and you give him butte. Mm. And uh, so now you have uh, laminitis and an ulcer. That's right. <laughs> so, oh. so you have so the problem with, yeah. with making, it, making it worse. Okay. Right. So um, there are lots of uh, butyless preparations on the market that relieve pain that do not contain butte. And they typically contain a variety of herbs um, such as devil's claw or um, yucca, those are really nice pain relievers. Devil's, Devil's Claw, however, 
um, cannot be given to a pregnant mare. So that's okay. important to know. Okay. Um, and also, devil's claw can damage the stomach lining if given over a period of time. So if a horse is already prone toward ulcers, you would not want to give devil's claw. So you have to kind of be careful with that one. Yucca, however, is really nice in terms of relieving inflammation. MSM is another potent anti-inflammatory that relieves pain. And then there are some other herbs that are worth looking into, like willow bark. Willow bark is actually what aspirin is made from. And then um, ginger is another one. There's There's one that a lot of people are familiar with, and that's curcumin. That's mm-hmm. the active ingredient in turmeric. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of turmeric. That's yes. um, the it's a spice, is what it is. It's it's used a lot in Indian cuisine. It's mm-hmm. what um, it makes. Uh, it has a very you know bright yellow color. Yeah. And curcumin is the active ingredient in that that is absolutely fabulous in reducing inflammation because wherever there is pain, there is likely inflammation involved in that. True. And some inflammation is necessary and actually helpful. You know, it helps the body heal. It's just that when it's excessive, then the horse is not only in a lot of pain, but other aspects of his physiology um, can go awry and can make the uh, pain still worse. So... I so think are, anti-inflammatories are very worthwhile. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that, you know, what we're always trying to get to through nutrition, too, is uh, getting sure. away from the inflammatory. Yeah, thanks. Uh, people will understand this who have celiac or they're trying to go gluten-free, so they get, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Well, um, you mean with celiac disease? Well, sure, mm-hmm. there's information mm-hmm. with that as well. But mm-hmm. Even if a horse um, has a hoof bruise or mm-hmm. uh, has a tendon injury um, uh, or has arthritis, uh, you know, all of these things lead to inflammation, swelling, uh, redness, increased circulation to the area, and, and hence pain. So mm-hmm. instead of reaching for butte, I think it's better to reach for something that would reduce the inflammation naturally without the risk of ulcers. Sure. So one of the things that I, um, you know, growing up, we really only had, you know, one or two go-to things for, for pain uh, and depending on the kind of pain. But now they're, they're, you're mentioning several different things. Do we need to get into the question of what kind of pain are we trying to relieve the horse of? Like if it's just inflammatory, do we go for one thing? Or if it, you know, ulcers in the stomach, let's say, uh, you know, we've got a gastro pain. Is that a different set of circumstances or would that go to the aloe or how, how do you sure. decide well, if it's acute if it's an acute pain like an like an injury uh, that would be okay. an acute pain or right. um pain from uh, surgery you know mm-hmm. while the horse is healing then something like butte might be beneficial for the very short term even then however i still like to go with something that is like stronger, but not potentially damaging, like something that contains turmeric. Uh, Boswellia is another herb that is very helpful for pain. Um, And then you have chronic situations Mm -hmm. such as uh, chronic arthritis. And um, in those kinds of cases, then you you don't want to do butte because 
of the potential damage. So in those cases, you do want to do something that is going to be um, provided usually in a really good uh, joint supplement for arthritis that not only has the traditional chondroitin sulfate and, and uh, glucosamine, but also has a good amount of MSM, some willow bark, some collagen, some MSM, and perhaps even some things like turmeric and, and uh, willow bark as well. But there's another there's another thing that's kind of a new guy on the block, and that's different kinds of foods that promote the formation of nitric oxide. And maybe you've come across these in human performance supplements, such as beets and beet juice, mm. are very high in substances that promote the formation of nitric oxide. And nitric oxide is... Um, a vasodilator, it, it dilates the blood vessels, it promotes circulation, and when you do that, it delivers more oxygen to the tissues mm-hmm. and more nutrients to the tissues, Good and healing. it helps relieve pain, and it helps healing, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. So be, before we go on, too, people might be thinking, where do I get all this stuff? Who do I talk Do I have to just uh, make sure that I get in line with Dr. Julia Getty? Or, where? you know, can you find these things with uh, your regular sure. vet or online? Well, your, your veterinarian may have a preparation that he or she is particularly fond of. Um, that just depends on what the veterinarian's interest is. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could Google these things and find supplements. I, ha- I have a, um, a free shipping supplement store on my website where I provide these supplements. You okay. could do that. You could email me. I'd be happy to point you in the right direction. Um, so, so they're readily available. Uh, if you just if you just look for pain management um, with, horses on, with horses on Google, you would come up with these things. Can people go way astray on the dosage? Typically, it's not a problem with horses because usually, unless you're buying um, an herb all by itself and you don't have any idea what dosage to give, you're generally safe if you go with a preparation that is already pre-measured for horses. Mm -hmm. So I think you don't have to worry about uh, toxicities unless you are giving several different sources, which is not unheard of. I've worked with people that are giving two or three different joint supplements, for example, Mm -hmm. and so they... And they're they're just not aware that they oftentimes contain one or two ingredients that overlap with something else they're giving. Um, yeah, get too or much. Or the issue of devil's claw. You know, the horse has an ulcer, and the and the horse also has arthritis, and so they're giving a, a preparation that has devil's claw in it, which is exacerbating the ulcer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, good. So. Yeah, so we have to be careful with that. We have to know our ingredients and know, you know, so maybe get with a nutritionist like Dr. Getty on, on those things, making sure we're doing the right thing. What well, uh, you had mentioned in a conversation about CBD and, yes. uh, and I, yeah, I'd love to ask you about that. I mean, there's, there's a lot of talk going out. There's a lot of products going around. There, there. is. And it's yeah. everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's as a result of the recent uh, 2018 farm bill, which says that, 
CBD is now legal to, uh, to purchase and to sell in all 50 states as long as it has less than 0.3% THC. Now, THC is very similar to CBD. They are both what we call cannabinoids. And cannabinoids are naturally occurring substances in the body that attach themselves to receptors as part of what we have a a system called the endocannabinoid system, which exists in our bodies and horses' bodies and our pets. So it's in, it's, it's prevalent throughout all animals, really. Mm -hmm. And THC, however, is what's found in large quantities in marijuana, which gives that uh, psychoactive high. Mm -hmm. And some people think that if they take CBD or if they give CBD to their horses, the horses are going to get high. That is absolutely not the case. Good. Not the case. CBD is derived, it can be found in marijuana, but the CBD that you purchase should be hemp-derived. So that's important to make sure when you do purchase a CBD product that you're getting a hemp-derived CBD and not a marijuana-derived CBD. They both come from hemp and marijuana are both uh, cannabis plants, but they're two different subspecies. And so because of that, they have a little different uh, chemical makeup. And... Then the CBD does not make your horse high, and as a cannabinoid, it will attach to receptors that exist throughout the entire body in the nervous system, the brain, all of the peripheral nerves, all the way through to the skin surface, as well as the entire gastrointestinal tract. So it has an impact on just about every aspect of the Mm. body. It's an amazing substance. I personally am very excited about it. I've been uh, promoting CBD use for many of my clients' horses as well as for themselves, and I take CBD personally. So it's just wonderful for pain. It, um, it's, it's excellent for anxiety or really? okay. um, any kind of behavioral problems like horses may have. Uh, yes, some horses are like very chill, nervous. A, yeah, a chill factor to them then? It, it just takes an edge off? It takes the edge off. Like if you're, if you're getting ready to travel and your horse is nervous about a new environment, CBD is helpful for that. Um, if your horse is being moved to a new location or if your horse is just generally, um, you know, sensitive in nature. Usually when I have a sensitive horse that spooks easily, I first reach for magnesium. That's important. Uh, Usually it's a borderline magnesium uh, issue, you know, deficiency. But, But if magnesium doesn't solve the problem, then I would go with CBD. CBD is also very helpful for gastrointestinal problems. So if your horse has pain from an ulcer or um, some horses actually have irritable bowel syndrome or leaky gut issues, then CBD is helpful for that as well. But the main thing that I have found is for pain management. My, I have a horse who is He's t- about 22. I'm not sure of his exact age. I rescued him. He's an off-the-track thoroughbred. 
and he has uh, old racing injuries in his mm-hmm. fetlocks, and uh, he very gimpy, just limping all the time. I put him on CBD, and now he's really doing very nicely. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not a it's not a magic pill in, in the sense that it removes all of the pain, but it makes it so that the horse can function much much That's better. That's great. That's great. So, is there a downside to CBD? There is not that we know of. I mean, it, it, as far as um, now, if the if uh, horses generally are not on medications for epilepsy, I mean, like for people, that would be an issue. Uh, for people, if you're on medications for seizures or if you're on blood thinners, that type of thing, then uh, CBD might be uh, contraindicated. But for horses, we have not seen any drug interactions with the drugs that horses typically take. So, I mean, I would consult with your veterinarian about that. But the thing is, is that it's really very, very safe. And you start out with a small dose. You start out with about 50 milligrams a day, and you see how that works out. And then can build up. You can build up very safely to 200, even 300 milligrams a day for a full-sized horse. Mm, okay. Okay. Are there other ant? anti-anxiety herbs that you recommend too, besides the CBD? Because that is an issue with yes, traveling. Yes, actually, there is one if, if, if anxiety is an issue. Well, magnesium, as I mentioned, is the first right. one. The other one is something, it's an amino acid. It's called L-theanine. Oh, yeah. And, and anxiety, when a horse is in pain, anxiety is oftentimes part of the picture, mm-hmm. especially if the horse has to be in this, you know, confined to a stall, um, which, uh, you know, to me, that's a, that's a, a last resort. Stall rest, for example, mm-hmm. is anything but restful. Yeah. Horses um, are naturally claustrophobic and, um, and they need to run if they feel threatened. And if they're confined, then they feel like their life is threatened. So anxiety can become a real issue when they're confined. And uh, L-theanine is very helpful. Usually that's part of a calming preparation, but you can look for one. I have one on my website, but you can look for one that contains it. And then, of course, CBD is just fabulous. I would I would caution the listeners to do their homework. Make sure that the CBD you're getting is very clearly denoted on the label on how many milligrams are in each dose. Okay. Because it can be very confusing. Like a bottle might say 250 milligrams, and it sounds like that's a lot, but it's 250 milligrams in the whole bottle. So a dose is typically, you know, usually a bottle is 30 milliliters. So a dose is usually one milliliter. So you'd have to divide 250 by 30 to get the amount in one dose. Oh, my gosh. They make you do math on this stuff? You have to be good at math. (laughs) Your calculator will do. Most people have one on their cell phones. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> so, but you have to ma- you have to make sure that you can understand the label. If the label is not clear, then I would put it down and find one that is, because okay. if it's not clear, it's deliberately made to be not clear. Oh, you also true. want to make sure that it's hemp derived and not right, right, marijuana derived. Okay, Absolutely. yeah, I've got that. 
got that duly noted now too. Last thing though, too, is you had mentioned something about ways to prevent ulcers in situations where the horse must be on butte. You know, so if you're if your vet has said, hey, this is this is a drastic moment. We need him on butte. Is there a way that you can kind of counter the the butte problems that are going to possibly be created? Yes, there there was some very interesting research that was done at the University of, of Texas not too long ago where they combined NSAIDs, uh, with, this was done with humans, they combined NSAIDs with uh, um, like aspirin or naproxen or ibuprofen and they combined them with lecithin and they found that when they did that, that the butte did not have the damaging, or rather the NSAID did not have the damaging aspects that it would have had, had it been given by itself. So, um, lecithin, you can buy lecithin in, in a, in a health food store. There is a product called Starting Gate, which is also, uh, a lecithin apple pectin preparation. Apple pectin also has a, a protective aspect to it as well. So, that's so looking for a kind of a suggest. coating, something emulsifier of some sort, or right? You're looking for some well, sort of well, it's a coating, but buffer? it's definitely more than that. It's um, uh, get a little technical here, but the okay. <laughs> the the lining, the mucosal lining in the stomach, is is made up of a fatty bilayer of um, it's two rows of molecules that are up against one another, kind of like a Velcro, um, mm. and um. The, the the chemical that, that that's made of is called a phospholipid. And so what lecithin is is a phospholipid. So it actually incorporates into the lining, oh, healing nice. the areas that have been damaged. That makes sense. So that would protect. It's, it's not like, like, like taking Pepto-Bismol that coats the stomach. Right. It's not like, <laughs> it actually uh, incorporates itself into the the uh, lipid bilayer in the, the mucosal lining to help heal whatever areas of damage that may have occurred. Wow. I don't know how you all figured this stuff out, but it's so cool that you do. <laughs> and we get to <laughs> get to be the beneficiaries of it and our horses too. And I just adore you. You're one of our heroes here that can help us make our horses feel better and maybe even prevent them from doing something damaging to them just by trying to help them feel better. So I really appreciate your help. Well, it's my pleasure. And, you know, one of the one of the benefits of all of this, when you reduce inflammation in an effort to reduce pain, you also keep the brain and the nervous system healthy because one of the um, problems with um, brain inflammation is that we start to see uh, metabolic disorders such as uh, Cushing's and insulin resistance and leptin resistance, all as a result of brain inflammation, specifically the hypothalamus. And so... When you're when you're offering anti-inflammatory nutrients to your horse, you you cover the whole body. You know, you might be targeting his hocks, but you're covering the whole body in terms of reducing inflammation that could be potentially damaging. For sounds good. Reasons. Yeah, sounds good. Keep the whole whole horse body healthy. Yes, That's absolutely. wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Well, thank you. Well, tell tell people where they can find you, what your website is, and. 
My website is gettyequinenutrition.com. And then in the upper left-hand corner, there's a link to my free shipping supplement store where you can purchase CBD products. You can purchase uh, products that are designed to reduce inflammation and pain. And then I also have a, li- a link there on for my library. And I encourage people to mm-hmm. take a look at that to, to address specific issues that are concerning them. Yes, absolutely. That's a great resource. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate that you're out there swinging for us on this horse. And I know that you have had OTTBs. So that's like center of the target for most of this conversation. So um, you you know what for you're talking about. I appreciate well, you. Thank you very much. It's my joy to share this information with others because our horses are so important to us. And we want them to be healthy so that they can enjoy their lives and improve the quality of our lives as well. Right. It's full circle. We, we all, yes. uh, as horsey girls, know that stuff. It's our therapy. Absolutely. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Getty. I appreciate it. We'll have you back soon. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Bye-bye now. Whisper the language of the herd. Listen, you don't have to say a word. It's time for Jamie Jennings to fetch an email from Monty Roberts' inbox and share a morsel of Monty's wisdom in a little segment we like to call Ask Monty. Leave this world a better place than the magic in the language of Dear Monty, how can a horse owner get helped with a problem? Can they write to you? Monty's answer. I answer a lot of questions through the week, whether on tour, in person, by email through the Ask Monty newsletter, in the classroom facilitating a course, or through my online university where there are approximately 800 archived questions and my answers and over 575 video lessons on different situations involving horses with notes and challenges. It's probably far more educational than an email or telephone call can ever be. The course Courses in my school and the 70-plus instructors holding courses can also add an educational component to produce better-trained horses. We are here for the horse owner who has a challenge, and I appreciate people who are willing to reach out and learn. In my opinion, there is no such thing as teaching, there is only learning. I believe it is my obligation to create an environment in which the student can learn, whether human or horse. For more of these insights into good horsemanship, go to MontyRoberts.com and click on the words Ask Monty at the bottom of the page. Hi, I'm Monty Roberts. And I'm dedicated to training horses without pain. You can learn to do it too on my Equus Online University. Western, English, the beginner, or the advanced rider. It doesn't matter. You can connect with other students online too on our forum. And there's a new lesson every week. It's a lifetime of learning for you on my Equus Online University at MontyRoberts.com. In the wide, wide world of sports is going on here. Yeah. Where in the world is Monty Roberts? Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged. We have early on in the year the CHA Equine Facilities Management, January 24 through 26. That's 2020 in 
2020. And then we have uh, advanced warning. We now have the website up. It is so cool. June 21, 22, and 23 of 2020, we will have the movement. Again, it's our third annual with Monty Roberts, Temple Grandin. We have Rick Lamb as our host. We have uh, a about a half a dozen other presenters that are amazing. And so I hope everybody goes to the site, www.themovement2020.com. Perfect. And if you didn't commit all of that to memory, or if you're listening to this podcast four years from now, you can still go to Monty Roberts' website and get all of the calendar information, regardless of what time of year. And the website is montyroberts.com. Or you can go old school and call them on the phone there at Flag is Up Farms. It's 805-688-6288. And for details about today's show, you go to horsemanshipradio.com. That's where the podcast is found. And you're going to find links, photos, and more information about today's guests and topics. We love your feedback. It helps Debbie come up with really cool ideas and topics for the show. And a great place to give us feedback is on Facebook. So go to Facebook and type in there Monty Roberts. Click on the like and follow page and you'll get cool posts from Monty mm-hmm. Roberts at all. And all the Monty Roberts certified trainers have stuff up there too, don't they? Yes, they do. They do. They have courses all over the world. It's pretty fun. There we go. You can also follow Monty on Twitter if you're a tweeter. It's Monty underscore Roberts, and it is the same on Instagram. That's now, right. We tell you this every episode. If you haven't done so already, we're going to um, we're going to add pressure. We are. <laughs> you need to get the app if you haven't done so already. Should do your that. App store, yeah. Search Horse Radio Network. Download it. It's easy and it's free, and there are no ads. There you go. That's true. That's true. It is the coolest app, too, by the way. I mean, just press on the, that discipline that's yours and then try so some others, easy. too. We didn't overcomplicate so it easy. fancy schmancy stuff. Because we're horse people. Why would right. you do that? It would just confuse us and we'd say, I don't want that app. No, it's, it is really fun. And I've listened to other things that I wouldn't normally, I mean, the driving radio show and some of the others, too. It really gets you into this. You know, horses are horses, and I love that. I mean, horsemanship radio is the most generic there is, and that means I get to do anything, by the way. But you're a free spirit, uh, the, Debbie. A free I, spirit. I am. <laughs> Lucy Goosey out there. Uh, but that means we get some really terrific people that talk about all, across disciplines. But all the other ones really drill down. I learned so much on these other, um, you know, things that people do with their horses. It's really sure, fun. You can, if you ride an endurance horse, there are things on the dressage show that apply. If you uh, have backyard horses that take up space and bring you joy, Horsemanship Radio has things for you. So it's, it's you, I think you nailed it. It's, there's a little something for everybody everywhere. Try them all out. Give it a go. And uh, tell us how you feel Best about way it to by do going that. to Money yeah. Best way by the app. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Best way to do it by the app. And, and many thanks to our sponsors, too. And this is who makes it all happen. Omega Fields, and that is our title sponsor. And then we've got Cavallo Horse and Rider, our show sponsor. And our MontyRobertsUniversity.com, who is our reason for being. So be sure to visit all the other great shows that we talked about, too, on the Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Until next time, have many happy horse hours. Thank you.